Act Two of All's Well That Ends Well by William Shakespeare. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Tony Addison. Act Two, Scene One. Paris, the King's Palace. Flourish of cornets. Enter the King with diverse young lords, taking leave for the Florentine War. Bertram and Parolles, attendants. King, farewell, young lords. These warlike principles do not throw from you, and you, my lords, farewell. Share the advice betwixt you, if both gain all. The gift doth stretch itself as tis received, and is enough for both. First Lord, tis our hope, sir, after well-entered soldiers, to return and find your grace in health. King. No, no, it cannot be, and yet my heart will not confess he owes the malady that doth my life besiege. Farewell, young lords, whether I live or die, be you the sons of worthy Frenchmen. Let hire Italy those baited that inherit but the fall of the last monarchy see that you come not to woo honour but to wed it when the bravest quest and shrinks find what you seek that fame may cry you aloud i say farewell second lord health at your bidding serve your majesty king those girls of Italy, take heed of them. They say our French lack language to deny if they demand. Beware of being captives before you serve. Both. Our hearts receive your warnings. King, farewell. To attendants. Come. Hither to me. The king retires, attended. First lord. O oh, my sweet lord, that you will stay behind us. Parolles. Tis not his fault, the spark. Second lord. O oh, tis brave wars. Parolles. Most admirable, I have seen those wars. Bertram, I am commanded here, and kept a coil with too young, and next year, and tis too early. Parolles, and thy mind stand to it, boy, steal away bravely. Bertram, I shall stay here, the four-horse to a smock, creaking my shoes on the plain masonry, till honour be bought up, and no sword worn, but one to dance with. By heaven, I'll steal away. First Lord. There's honour in the theft. Parolles. Commit it, Count. Second Lord. I am your accessory. And so farewell. Bertram. I grow to you, and our parting is a tortured body. First Lord. Farewell, Captain. Second Lord. Sweet, Monsieur Parolles. 
Parolles. Noble heroes, my sword and yours are kin, good sparks and lustrous a word, good metals, you shall find in the regiment of the Spinaii one Captain Spirayo, with his kickatrice, an emblem of war, here on his sinister cheek. It was this very sword entrenched it. Say to him, I live, and observe his reports for me. First Lord, we shall, noble Captain. Parolles. Mars dote on you for his novices. Exeunt lords. What will ye do? Re-enter the king. Bertram. Stay, the king. Parolles. Use a more spacious ceremony to the noble lords. You have restrained yourself within the list of too cold and a dear. Be more expressive to them for they were themselves in the cap of the time. There do muster true gait, eat, speak, and move, under the influence of the most received star. And though the devil lead the measure, such are to be followed, after them, and take a more dilated farewell. Bertram. And I will do so. Parolles. Worthy fellows, and like to prove most sinewy swordmen. Exeunt Bertram and Parolles. Enter Lafeu. Lafeu, kneeling. Pardon, my lord, for me and for my tidings. King, I'll fee thee to stand up. Lafeu, then here's a man stands that has brought his pardon. I would you had kneeled, my lord, to ask me mercy and that at my bidding you could so stand up. King, I would I had, so I had broke thy pate and asked thee mercy for it. Laffer, good faith across. But, my good lord, tis thus. Will you be cured of your infirmity? King, no. Laffer, oh, will you eat no grapes, my royal fox, yes, but you will, my noble grapes, and if my royal fox could reach them. I have seen a medicine that's able to breathe life into a stone, quicken a rock, and make you dance canary with sprightly fire and motion, whose simple touch is powerful to erase King Pepin, nay, to give great Charlemagne a pen in his hand, and write to her a love-line. King, what? Her is this, Lafeu. Why, Doctor, she, my lord, there's one arrived, if you will see her now by my faith and honour, if seriously I may convey my thoughts in this my light deliverance, I have spoke with one that in her sex, her years, profession, wisdom, and constancy hath amazed me, more than I dare blame my weakness. Will you see her? for that is her demand, and know her business. That done, laugh well at me. King. Now, good Luffer, bring in the admiration, that we with thee may spend our wonder too, or take off thine, 
by wondering how thou tookst it. Laffer. Nay, I'll fit you, and not be all day neither. Exit Laffer. King. Thus he his special nothing ever prologues. Re-enter Laffer with Helena. Laffer. Nay, come your ways. King. This haste hath wings indeed. Laffer. Nay, come your ways. This is his majesty. Say your mind to him. A traitor you do look like, but such traitors his majesty seldom fears. I am Cressid's uncle, the dare leave two together. Fare you well. Exit. King. Now, fair one, does your business follow us? Helena. I, my good lord, Gerard de Narbonne was my father, in what he did profess well found. King. I knew him. Helena. The rather will I spare my praises towards him. Knowing him is enough. Once bed of death many receipts he gave me, chiefly one, which has the dearest issue of his practice, and of his old experience the only darling. He bade me store up as a triple eye, safer than mine own two more dear. I have so. And hearing your high majesty is touched with that malignant cause, wherein the honour of my dear father's gift stands chief in power, I come to tender it and my appliance, with all bound humbleness. King, we thank you, maiden, but may not be so credulous of cure, when our most learned doctors leave us, and the congregated college have concluded that labouring art can never ransom nature from her inaidable estate. I say we must not, so stain our judgment, or corrupt our hope, to prostitute our past cure malady to empirics, or to dissever so our great self and our credit, to esteem a senseless help, when help past sense we deem. Helena, my duty then shall pay me for my pains. I will no more enforce mine office on you, humbly entreating from your royal thoughts, a modest one, to bear me back again. King, I cannot give thee less to be called grateful. Thou thoughtest to help me, and such thanks I give as one near death to those that wish him live. But what at full I know, thou knowest no part. I knowing all my peril, thou no art. Helena. What I can do can do no hurt to try, since you set up your rest against Ramadai. He that of greatest works is finisher oft does them by the weakest minister. So holy written babes hath judgment shown, when judges have been babes. Great floods have flown from simple sources, and great seas have dried, when miracles have by the greatest been denied. Oft expectation fails, and most oft there where most it promises, and oft it hits where hope is coldest, and despair most fits. King, I must not hear thee. 
Fare thee well, kind maid, thy pains not used, must by thyself be paid. Proffers not took, reap thanks for their reward. Helena. Inspired merit, so by breath is barred. It is not so with him that all things knows, as tis with us that square our guess by shows. But most it is presumption in us when, the help of heaven, we count the act of men. Dear sir, to my endeavours give consent of heaven, not me, make an experiment. I am not an impostor that proclaim myself against the level of mine aim. But know I think, and think I know most sure, my art is not past power, nor you past cure. King, art thou so confident? Within what space hopes thou my cure? Helena, the greatest grace, lending grace. Ere twice the horses of the sun shall bring their fiery torture, his diurnal ring, ere twice in murk and occidental damp, moist Hesperus hath quenched his sleepy lamp, or four-and-twenty times the pilot's glass hath told the thievish minutes how they pass, what is infirm from your sound part shall fly, health shall live free, and sickness freely die. King, upon thy certainty and confidence, what darest thou venture? Helena, tax of impudence, a strumpet's boldness, a divulged shame, traduced by odious ballads, my maiden's name, seared otherwise, nay, worse of worst, extended, with vilest torture let my life be ended. King, methinks in thee some blessed spirit doth speak his powerful sound within an organ weak, and what impossibility would slay in common sense, sense saves another way, thy life is dear, for all that life can rate, worth name of life in thee hath estimate, youth, beauty, wisdom, courage, all that happiness and prime can happy call, thou this to hazard, needs must intimate, skill infinite, or monstrous desperate. Sweet practiser, thy physic I will try, that ministers thine own death if I die. Helena, if I break time, or flinch in property of what I spoke, unpitied let me die, and well deserved, not helping death's my fee. But if I help, what do you promise me? King, make thy demand. Helena, but will you make it even? King, I, by my sceptre, and my hopes of heaven, Helena, then shalt thou give me with thy kingly hand what husband in thy power I will command. Exempted be from me the arrogance to choose from forth the royal blood of France, my low and humble name to propagate with any branch or image of thy state. But such a one thy vassal, whom I know is free for me to ask thee to bestow. King, here is my hand, the premises observed, thy will by my performance shall be served. 
so make the choice of thy own time, for I, thy resolved patient, on thee still rely. More should I question thee, and more I must, though more to know could not be more to trust. From whence thou camest, how tended on, but rest unquestioned, welcome, and undoubted blessed. Give me some help here, ho, if thou proceed as high as word, my deed shall match thy deed. Flourish, Exeunt. Scene two, Roussillon, the Count's Palace. Enter Countess and Clown. Countess, come on, sir, I shall now put you to the height of your breeding. Clown, I will show myself highly fed and lowly taught. I know my business is but to the court. Countess, to the court? Why, what place make you special, when you put off that with such contempt? but to the court. Clown. Truly, madam, if God have lent a man any manners, he may easily put it off at court. He that cannot make a leg, put off his cap, kiss his hand, and say nothing, has neither leg, hands, lip, nor cap. And, indeed, such a fellow, to say precisely, were not for the court. But for me, I have an answer will serve all men. Countess. Marry, that's a bountiful answer that fits all questions. Clown. It is like a barber's chair that fits all buttocks. The pin buttock, the quatch buttock, the brawn buttock, or any buttock. Countess, will your answer serve fit to all questions? Clown, as fit as ten groats is for the hand of an attorney, as your French crown for your taffety punk, as Tibbs rushed for Tom's forefinger, as a pancake for Shrove Tuesday, a Morris for May Day, as the nail to his hole, the cuckold to his horn, as a scolding queen to a wrangling knave, as the nun's lip to the friar's mouth, nay, as the pudding to his skin. Countess, have you, I say, an answer of such fitness for all questions? Clown, from below your duke, to beneath your constable, it will fit any question. Countess, it must be an answer of most monstrous size that must fit all demands. Clown, but a trifle neither in good faith, if the learned should speak truth of it, here it is, and all that belongs to it. Ask me, if I am a courtier, it shall do you no harm to learn. Countess, to be young again, if we could, I will be a fool in question, 
hoping to be the wiser by your answer. I pray you, sir, are you a courtier? Clown. Oh, Lord, sir. There's a simple putting off. More, more, a hundred of them. Countess. Sir, I am a poor friend of yours that loves you. Clown. Oh, Lord, sir. Thick, thick, spare not me. Countess. I think, sir, you can eat none of this homely meat. Clown. Oh, Lord, sir. Nay, put me to it, I warrant you. Countess. You were lately whipped, sir, as I think. Clown. Oh, Lord, sir. Spare not me. Countess. Do you cry, O oh Lord, sir, at your whipping, and spare not me? Indeed, your O oh Lord, sir, is very sequent to your whipping. You would answer very well to a whipping if you were but bound to it. Clown. I ne'er had worst luck in my life in my O oh Lord, sir. I see things may serve long, but not serve ever. Countess. I play the noble housewife with the time to entertain it so merrily with a fool. Clown. Oh, Lord, sir. Why, there it serves well again. Countess. An end, sir, to your business. Give Helen this, and urge her to a present answer back. Commend me to my kinsman and my son. This is not much. Clown. Not much commendation to them. Countess. Not much employment for you. You understand me? Clown. Most fruitfully, I am there before my legs. Countess. Haste you again. Exeunt. Scene three, Paris, the King's Palace. Enter Bertram, Lafer, and Parolles. Lafer, they say miracles are past, and we have our philosophical persons to make modern and familiar things supernatural and causeless. Hence is it that we make trifles of terrors, ensconcing ourselves into seeming knowledge when we should submit ourselves to an unknown fear. Parolles. Why, tis the rarest argument of wonder that hath shut out in our latter times. Bertram. And so tis. La feu. To be relinquished of the artists. Parolles. So I say, both of Galen and Paracelsus. La feu of all the learned and authentic fellows. Parolles. Right, so I say, La Feu, that gave him out incurable. Parolles. Why, that is, so say I too. La Feu, not to be helped. Parolles. Right, as twere a man assured of a La Feu, Uncertain life, unsure death. Parolles. Just, 
You say well. So would I have said. Lafeu. I may truly say it is a novelty to the world. Parolles. It is indeed. If you will have it in showing, you shall read it in... <clears throat> what do you call it here? Lafeu. Reading the ballad title. A showing of a heavenly effect in an earthly actor. Parolles. That's it. I would have said the very same. Lafeu. Why your dolphin is not lustier for me I speak in respect. Parolles. Nay, tis strange, tis very strange, that is the brief and the tedious of it, and he's of a most fascinarious spirit that will not acknowledge it to be the lafeur, berry hand of heaven. Parolles. Aye, so I say, lafeur, in a most weak parolles, and debile minister, great power, great transcendence, which should indeed give us a further use to be made than alone the recovery of the king, as to be lafeu, generally thankful. Parolles. I would have said it. You say well. Here comes the king. Enter King, Helena, and attendants. Lafeu. Lustig, as the Dutchman says. I'll like a maid the better whilst I have a tooth in my head. Why, he's able to lead her a caranto. Parolles. Mortu venegra. Is not this Helen? Lafeu. For God, I think so. King. Go, call before me all the lords in court. Exit an attendant. Sit, my preserver, by thy patient's side, And with this healthful hand, Whose banished sense thou hast repealed, A second time receive the confirmation Of my promised gift, which but attends thy naming. Enter three or four lords. Fair maid, send forth thine eye, This youthful parcel of noble bachelors Stand at my bestowing, O'er whom both sovereign power and father's voice I have to use. Thy frank election make, Thou hast power to choose, and they none to forsake. Helena To each of you, one fair and virtuous mistress, Fall, when love please, marry to each but one. Lafeu I'd give Baycuttle and his furniture my mouth No more were broken than these boys, and Ritter's little beard. King Peruse them well. Not one of those, but had a noble father. Helena. Gentlemen, heaven hath through me restored the king to health. All. 
we understand it, and thank heaven for you. Helena. I am a simple maid, and therein wealthiest that I protest I simply am a maid. Please it, your majesty, I have done already. The blushes in my cheek thus whisper me. We blush that thou shouldst choose, but be refused. Let the white death sit on thy cheek for ever. We'll ne'er come there again. King. Make choice and see who shuns thy love shuns all his love in me. Helena. Now, Diane, from thy altar do I fly unto imperial love, that God most high, do my sigh stream. Sir, will you hear my suit? First Lord. And grant it. Helena. Thanks, sir. All the rest is mute. Luffer, I had rather be in this choice than throw Ames ace for my life. Helena, the honour, sir, that flames in your fair eyes before I speak, too threateningly replies, Love make your fortunes twenty times above, her that so wishes, and her humble love. Second Lord. No better, if you please. Helena. My wish receive, which great love grant, and so I take my leave. Luffer. Do all they deny her? And they were sons of mine, I'd have them whipped, or I would send them to the Turk to make eunuchs of. Helena. Be not afraid that I your hand should take. I'll never do you wrong for your own sake. Blessing upon your vows, and in your bed, Find fairer fortune, if you ever wed. Luffer, these boys are boys of ice, They'll none have her, sure they are bastards to the English, The French ne'er gotten. Helena, you are too young, too happy, and too good to make yourself a son out of my blood. Fourth Lord. Fair one, I think not so. Luffer, there's one grape yet. I am sure thy father drunk wine, but if thou beest not an ass, I am a youth of fourteen. I have known thee already. Helena. To Bertram. I dare not say I take you, but I give me and my service ever whilst I live into your guiding power. This is the man. King. Why, then, young Bertram, take her. She's thy wife. Bertram. My wife, my liege, I shall beseech your highness in such a business give me leave to use the help of mine own eyes. King. Knowest thou not, Bertram, what she has done for me? Bertram. Yes, my good lord, but never hope to know why I should marry her. King. Thou knowest she has raised me from my sickly bed. 
Bertram. But follows it, my lord, to bring me down must answer for your raising? I know her well. She had her breeding at my father's charge. A poor physician's daughter, my wife, disdain, rather corrupt me ever. King. Tis only title thou disdainst in her, the which I can build up. Strange is it that our bloods, of colour, weight, and heat, poured all together, would quite confound distinction, yet stand off in differences so mighty. If she be all that is virtuous, save what thou dislikest, a poor physician's daughter, thou dislikest of virtue for the name, but do not so. From lowest place, when virtuous things proceed, the place is dignified by the doer's deed. Where great addition swells, and virtue none, it is a dropsied honour. Good alone is good without a name. Vileness is so. The property by what it is should go, not by the title. She is young, wise, fair. In these to nature, she's immediate heir, and these breed honour. That is honour's scorn, which challenges itself as honour's born and is not like the sire. Honours thrive, when rather from our acts we them derive than our foregoers. The mere words a slave, debauched on every tomb on every grave a lying trophy and as oft is dumb where dust and damned oblivion is the tomb of honoured bones indeed what should be said if thou canst like this creature as a maid i can create the rest virtue and she is her own dower honour and wealth from me bertram i cannot love her nor will strive to do it king Thou wrong'st thyself, if thou shouldst strive to choose. Helena. That you are well restored, my lord, I'm glad. Let the rest go. King. My honour's at the stake, which to defeat I must produce my power. Here take her hand, proud, scornful boy, unworthy this good gift that dost in vile misprision shackle up my love and her desert that canst not dream we poising us in her defective scale shall weigh thee to the beam that wilt not know it is in us to plant thine honour where we please to have it grow check thy contempt obey our will which travails in thy good believe not thy disdain but presently do thine own fortunes that obedient right which both thy duty owes and our power claims, or I will throw thee from my care for ever into the staggers and the careless lapse of youth and ignorance, both my revenge and hate loosing upon thee in the name of justice without all terms of pity. Speak thine answer. Bertram. Pardon, my gracious lord, for I submit my fancy to your eyes, when I consider what great creation and what dole of honour flies where you bid it, 
I find that she, which late was in my nobler thoughts most base, is now the praised of the king, who so ennobled is as twere born so. King. Take her by the hand, and tell her she is thine, to whom I promise a counterpoise, if not to thy estate, a balance more replete. Bertram. I take her hand. King. Good fortune and the favour of the king smile upon this contract, whose ceremony shall seem expedient on the new-born brief and be performed to-night. The solemn feast shall more attend upon the coming space, expecting absent friends, as thou lovest her, thy loves to me religious, else does err. Exeunt all but Luffer and Parolles, who stay behind, commenting of this wedding. Luffer, do you hear, monsieur, a word with you? Parolles, your pleasure, sir? Luffer, your lord and master did well to make his recantation. Parolles. Recantation? My lord, my master. Lafeu. I, is it not a language I speak? Parolles. A most harsh one, and not to be understood without bloody succeeding. My master. Lafeu. Are you companion to the Count Roussillon? Parolles. To any count, to all counts, to what is man. Lafeu. To what is count's man, count's master is of another style. Parolles. You are too old, sir. Let it satisfy you, you are too old. Lafeu. I must tell thee, sirrah, I write man, to which title age cannot bring thee. Parolles. What I dare too well do, I dare not do. Lafeu. I did think thee for two ordinaries to be a pretty wise fellow. Thou didst make tolerable vent of thy travel, it might pass. Yet the scarps and the bannerets about thee did manifoldly dissuade me from believing thee a vessel of too great a burden. I have now found thee. When I lose thee again I care not. Yet art thou good for nothing but taking up, and that thou art scarce worth. Parolles. Hadst thou not the privilege of antiquity upon thee? Lafeu. Do not plunge thyself too far in anger, lest thou hasten thy trial, which if Lord, have mercy on thee for a hen. So, my good window of lattice, fare thee well. Thy casement I need not open, for I look through thee. Give me thy hand. Parolles. My lord, you give me most egregious indignity. Lafeu. I, with all my heart, and thou art worthy of it. Parolles. I have not, my lord, deserved it. Lafeu. Yes, good faith, every dram of it. 
and I will not bait thee a scruple. Parolles. Well, I shall be wiser. Lafer, even as soon as thou canst, for thou hast to pull at a smack of the contrary. If ever thou beest bound in thy scarf and beaten, thou shalt find what it is to be proud of thy bondage. I have a desire to hold my acquaintance with thee, or rather my knowledge, that I may say in the default, He is a man I know. Parolles. My lord, you do me most insupportable vexation. Lafer, I would it were hell pains for thy sake, and my poor doing eternal, for doing I am past, as I will by thee, in what motion age will give me leave. Exit. Parolles. Well, thou hast a son shall take this disgrace off me. Scurvy, old, filthy, scurvy, lord. Well, I must be patient, there is no fettering of authority. I'll beat him by my life, if I can meet him with any convenience, and he would double and double a lord. I'll have no more pity of his age than I would have of... I'll beat him, and if I could but meet him again. Re-enter Lafer. Lafer. Sir, your lord and master's married. There's news for you. You have a new mistress. Parolles. I most unfeignedly beseech your lordship to make some reservation of your wrongs. He is my good lord, whom I serve above, is my master. Lafer. Who? God? Parolles. I, sir. Lafer. The devil it is that's thy master. Why dost thou garter up thy arms of this fashion? Dost make hose of thy sleeves? Do other servants so? Thou wert best set thy lower part where thy nose stands. By mine honour, if I were but two hours younger, I'd beat thee. Methinks thou art a general offence, and every man should beat thee. I think thou wast created for men to breed themselves upon thee. Parolles. This is hard and undeserved measure, my lord. Lafer. Go to, sir. You were beaten in Italy for picking a kernel out of a pomegranate. You are a vagabond and no true traveller. You are more saucy with lords and honourable personages than the commission of your birth and virtue gives you heraldry. You are not worth another word, else I'd call you knave. I leave you. Exit. Parolles. Good, very good, it is so then. Good, very good, let it be concealed a while. Enter Bertram. Bertram. Undone, and forfeited to cares for ever. Parolles. What's the matter, sweetheart? Bertram. Although before the solemn priest I have sworn, I will not bed her. Parolles. What, what, sweetheart? Bertram. Oh, my Parolles, they have married me. 
out of the Tuscan wars, and never better. Parolles. France is a dog-hole, and it no more merits the tread of a man's foot. To the wars! Bertram. There's letters from my mother. What the import is, I know not yet. Parolles. Aye, that would be known. To the wars, my boy, to the wars! He wears his honour in a box unseen, that hugs his kicky-wicky here at home, spending his manly marrow in her arms, which should sustain the bound and high curvet of Mars's fiery steed, to other regions. France is a stable, we that dwell in it jades, therefore to the war. Bertram, it shall be so. I'll send her to my house, acquaint my mother with my hate to her, and wherefore I am fled, write to the king that which I durst not speak. His present gift shall furnish me to those Italian fields where noble fellows strike. War is no strife to the dark house and the detested wife. Parolles. Will this capriccio hold in thee art sure? Bertram. Go with me to my chamber and advise me. I'll send her straight away. Tomorrow I'll to the wars, she to her single sorrow. Parolles. Why, these balls bound, there's noise in it. Tis hard. A young man married is a man that's marred. Therefore away, and leave her bravely, go. The king has done you wrong. But hush, tis so. Exeunt. Scene 4 Paris, the king's palace. Enter Helena and Clam. Helena, my mother greets me kindly. Is she well? Clam, she is not well, but yet she has her health. She's very merry, but yet she is not well. But thanks be given, she's very well, and wants nothing in the world, but yet she is not well. Helena, if she be very well, what does she ail that she's not very well? Clam. Truly she is very well indeed, but for two things. Helena. What two things? Clam. One, that she's not in heaven. Whither God send her quickly. The other, that she's in earth. From whence God send her quickly. Enter Parolles. Parolles. Bless you, my fortunate lady. Helena, I hope, sir, I have your good will to have mine own good fortunes. Parolles, you had my prayers to lead them on, and to keep them on have them still. Oh, my knave, how does my old lady? Clam, so that you had her wrinkles, and I her money, I would she did as you say, Parolles. Why, I say nothing, Clam. Marry, you are the wiser man, for many a man's tongue shakes out his master's undoing. To say nothing, to do nothing, to know nothing, and to have nothing, is to be a great part of your title, which is within a very little of nothing. Parolles. Away! Thou art a knave! Clam. 
you should have said, sir, before a knave, thou art a knave, that's before me, thou art a knave. This had been truth, sir. Parolles, go to, thou art a witty fool. I have found thee, clown. Did you find me in yourself, sir, or were you taught to find me? The search, sir, was profitable, and much fool may you find in you, even to the world's pleasure and the increase of laughter. Parolles, a good knave, i'faith, and well fed. Madam, my lord will go away to-night. A very serious business calls on him. The great prerogative and right of love, which, as your due time claims, he does acknowledge, but puts it off to a compelled restraint, whose want and whose delay is strewed with sweets, which they distill now in the cupboard time, to make the coming hour o'erflow with joy and pleasure drown the brim. Helena, what's his will else? Parolles, that you will take your instant leave of the king, and make this haste as your own good proceeding, strengthened with what apology you think may make it probable need. Helena, what more commands he? Parolles, that having this obtained, you presently attend his further pleasure. Helena, in everything I wait upon his will. Parolles, I shall report it so. Helena, I pray you. Exit Parolles. Come, sirrah. Exeunt. Scene 5. Paris. THE KING'S PALACE Enter Laffer and Bertram Laffer, But I hope your lordship thinks not him a soldier. Bertram Yes, my lord, and of very valiant approof. Laffer, You have it from his own deliverance. Bertram And by other warranted testimony? Laffer, then my dial goes not true. I took this lark for a bunting. Bertram, I do assure you, my lord, he is very great in knowledge and accordingly valiant. Laffer, I have then sinned against his experience and transgressed against his valour, and my state that way is dangerous since I cannot yet find in my heart to repent. Here he comes. I pray you make us friends. I will pursue the amity. Enter Parolles. Parolles to Bertram. These things shall be done, sir. Laffer. Pray you, sir. Who is his tailor? Parolles. Sir? Laffer. Oh, I know him well. I, sir. He 
Sirs, a good workman, a very good tailor. Bertram, aside to Parolles, is she gone to the king? Parolles, she is. Bertram, will she away to-night? Parolles, as you'll have her. Bertram, I have writ my letters, casketed my treasure, given order for our horses, and to-night, when I should take possession of the bride, end ere I do begin. Lafer, a good traveller, is something at the latter end of a dinner, but one that lies three-thirds, and uses a known truth to pass a thousand nothings with, should be once heard and thrice beaten. God save you, Captain. Bertram. Is there any unkindness between my lord and you, monsieur? Parolles. I know not how I have deserved to run into my lord's displeasure. Lafer, you have made shift to run into it, boots and spurs and all, like him that leapt into the custard, and out of it you'll run again, rather than suffer question for your residence. Bertram. It may be you have mistaken him, my lord. Laffer, and shall do so ever, though I took him at his prayers. Fare you well, my lord, and believe this of me. There can be no colonel in this light nut. The soul of this man is his clothes. Trust him not in matter of heavy consequence. I have kept of them tame, and know their natures. Farewell, monsieur. I have spoken better of you than you have or will to deserve at my hand. But we must do good against evil. Exit. Parolles. An idle lord, I swear. Bertram. I think so. Parolles. Why, do you not know him? Bertram. Yes, I do know him well, and common speech gives him a worthy pass. Here comes my clog. Enter Helena. Helena. I have, sir, as I was commanded from you, spoke with the king, and have procured his leave for present parting. Only he desires some private speech with you. Bertram. I shall obey his will. You must not marvel, Helen, at my course, which holds not colour with the time, nor does the ministration and required office on my particular prepared I was not for such a business, therefore am I found so much unsettled. This drives me to entreat you that presently you take your way for home, and rather muse than ask why I entreat you, for my respects are better than they seem, and my appointments have in them a need greater than shows itself at the first view. To you that know them not, this to my mother. Giving a letter. T'will be two days ere I shall see you so. I leave you to your wisdom. Helena. Sir, I can nothing say but that I am your most obedient servant. Bertram. Come, come, no more of that. Helena. And ever shall with true observance seek to eke out that 
wherein toward me my homely stars have failed to equal my good fortune. Bertram, let that go. My haste is very great. Farewell, high home. Helena, pray, sir, your pardon. Bertram, well, what would you say? Helena, I am not worthy of the wealth I owe, nor dare I say it is mine, and yet it is. But like a timorous thief, most fain would steal what law does vouch mine own. Bertram, what would you have? Helena, something, and scarce so much, nothing indeed. I would not tell you what I would, my lord. Faith, yes. Strangers and foes do sunder, and not kiss. Bertram, I pray you stay not, but in haste a horse. Helena, I shall not break your bidding, good my lord. Bertram, where are my other men, monsieur? Farewell. Exit, Helena. Go thou toward home, where I will never come, whilst I can shake my sword, or hear the drum. Away, and for our flight. Parolles. Bravely, Coraggio. Exeunt. End of Act Two.